Hello, and welcome to the MS for Mama podcast. I'm your host, Abby Halberstadt, happy wife, mama to 10, Bible-believing Christian, and I have such a huge treat for you guys today because I have my new friend, Anne Swindell, here today on the podcast. Thanks for coming, Anne. Thanks for having me, Abby. I'm really glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here, too. <laughs> so if you are watching on YouTube, which anytime that you listen to this, if you also want to see, oh, I don't know what my hair looks like on a particular day. I don't know why you would want to, but you know, some people get into that kind of thing. You can also jump over to our YouTube channel, Emma's for Mama Official, and check out the video for it. And Anna and I are going to be probably forgetting that you can't see what we're doing and making hand gestures yes, and all the things. I'm a hand talker. Yes, sure, exactly. Which is why I have them under the table right now. <laughs> oh, I have to I have to start out with my hands <laughs> under the table, and then eventually they like they free themselves. Up, all the way to they, the top. They, they can't stay there forever. <laughs> So I'm so excited to talk about this topic that we have for you today because it's one that is not touched on often and it's one that carries a lot of shame for a lot of people, but we know that we are not under condemnation in Christ, that we are actually more than conquerors through Jesus. So that is going to be the focus of this, not in finding our identity in any kind of condition. But we are right. specifically today addressing the condition of trichotillomania. Mm-hmm. And there may be a very large percentage of you that just said, Tricka, what? <laughs> and didn't know what I was talking about. So let me give you a brief overview. Mm-hmm. Trichotillomania is a hair pulling. Usually they associate it with OCD disorder or maybe an impulse disorder. Mm-hmm that can come on as a result of stress, can come on as a result of trauma, mm-hmm. or it can just be something that babies are born doing. Yep. I know that people message me all the time and say, my two-month-old daughter yep. pulls her hair, yep. and I don't know why. And I am not going to psychoanalyze anybody, so I'm not writing back to them saying, oh, what trauma has this poor little baby <laughs> yeah. had in her life? Yeah. But they're like, we love her, we spend time with her, we lavish attention mm-hmm. on her, and yet we don't understand why she's doing this. So I think the first thing that we have to understand in not finding our identity in our struggles Mm -hmm. is that we don't live in a perfect world. So true. We don't live in a situation where all of our hormones and our chemicals and the things that are supposed to be in balance are going to be in balance. That's right. We live in a world full of toxins. Mm -hmm. We live in a world full of things that we don't even recognize are affecting us sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I know that especially as conservative Christians, Mm Bible-believing Christians, there can be a huge stigma about conditions, about like maybe not believing Jesus enough, right. or your faith isn't strong enough. Your faith or, isn't strong right. enough. Mm-hmm. And yet, interestingly, our verse today that I want to share with you as a theme verse, mm-hmm. Anne's got more for you, but is from Second Corinthians twelve, and it's in the passage where Paul is talking about the thorn in his flesh, which is never specifically named, right. and we don't know what that is exactly in Scripture that God has not seen fit to take from him, mm-hmm. even though He's begged him to do so. Mm-hmm. And it, it even makes me think of Jesus on the cross. Right. Like, he said, if it's your will, may this, this cup, cup pass from pass, me. Right. Please, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And the reason that we're talking about trichotillomania is that both Anne and I have it. That's right. So I've, and she's going to get a chance to tell you her story in just a second. And I'm just going to let her rip here in a minute. But <laughs> if you didn't know that about me, I have struggled with it since I was four years old. Mm. I was at a sleepover. To my knowledge, it was with my best friend and her very safe, sweet family. To the best of my knowledge, I didn't have any kind of um, trauma or anything that Mm -hmm. caused it. But I started pulling my eyelashes and my mom showed up to pick me up and I didn't have half of my eyelashes Mm -hmm. anymore. And of course, she was shocked. And yet, throughout this 
I'm 40 now, so 36 year journey of struggling with having eyelashes in my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've ha- pulled my hair at certain points, certain particular points, and we'll talk a little bit about triggers right. and um, stressors, stressors, like almost physical things mm-hmm. that are common to people with trichotillomania here in a little bit. But um, eyebrows have been a problem for me. Yep. A lot of it has to do with texture. And we'll, we'll talk about the more practical things here in a minute. And mm-hmm. if this is you and you're like, so many times people say, I didn't know this was a thing. Right. I didn't know it had a name. I thought I was the only freak in the world. Yeah. And that's the word that they use. And I have used that mm-hmm. word about myself in my brain so many times. Yeah. of like, come on, why can't you get a grip? Why are you so weird? Just pull it together. Pull it yeah. together. This Don't pull so- it out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So I want to read from 2 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 9. And we already know this is about Paul's thorn in the flesh, because I mentioned that earlier. But he said to me, this is the Lord talking to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. And then he goes on to say something even more difficult and more profound, which is for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, for I am weak, then I am strong. And it is literally the opposite of what our culture is telling us. It is very countercultural. It is very not man's wisdom to say that I'm going to glory, not in my identity in this struggle, but in what the Lord can do through this struggle. So, If this is something you are identifying with because you have this exact struggle, I think this is going to be a huge episode for you that is going to be really helpful. However, you may be thinking, you know what? This is already speaking to me and I don't have trichotillomania, but I do have fill in the blank. Yeah. Because we are all struggling with something. We all have hard battles in some way or another. So what we want to tell you today is that the Lord is good no matter what, regardless of what your fill in the blank is, that the Lord is sufficient Mm -hmm. regardless of what that blank is. And we want to encourage you in what scripture says, not in who the world says you have to be. That's right. If you have a particular diagnosis or particular condition or a habit even. or a struggle yeah. habit because yep. it doesn't have to have a name right i struggle with naming things i don't really like diagnoses labels. i don't like right. labels yeah and i do feel like we have a culture that glories in the label mm-hmm. that really needs to be neurodivergent they need mm-hmm. to be different yeah. you know they don't want to be a normie that's actually a term oh, that gosh. i've heard i know so there there could almost be a badge of honor in mm. look at what i've struggled with yeah and yet we know we're not supposed to be excited about those things. Right. We are supposed to be excited about the fact that the Lord has overcome those things. Come on. It's good. So. It's good, Abby. I want you, Anne, if you would, yeah. to introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. And then kind of go wherever you want to go with the whole story about trichotillomania in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Anne Swindell, and I have been following Jesus all the days of my life that I can remember. I'm so thankful for it. Mm. I'm a pastor's wife. I have two kids who I just love with my whole heart. We homeschool, which I never saw coming, but I'm so glad that we do. And yeah, so much of my life has not necessarily gone the direction that I thought it would, but I found Christ to be sufficient and faithful every turn. And one of those parts of my story is having trichotillomania. And this, for me, started when I was 11. Mm -hmm. And I think... Which is very common. Actually, yeah. Preteen hormones can bring it on. It's very, very common age for it. Yes, kind of the clinical, like, typical age is, I think, between, like, 9 and 12. Yep. 
is pretty normal. And for me, same thing. I didn't have any like trauma. They talk a lot about, you know, a lot of people start pulling out their hair when they have like loss of a parent or yeah. even loss of a pet, mm-hmm. something that was close to you or a divorce in the family. I didn't have any of that. I, by the grace of God, had a really wonderful childhood, but I got contacts right about that age. Mm. And so I, it kind of started this fascination for me with my eyes and um, putting contacts in, taking them out. And I just remember one time, one of those days, I just started pulling out my eyelashes and it felt good. Um, it, it, I had someone explain it to me once, and this is about the closest I can come. Because I think for someone who doesn't have trichotillomania, they're like, why would you pull out Absolutely. your hair? Absolutely. That hurts. That's ridiculous. Yes, why like would painful. you do that? Like, I Ooh, think plucking yeah. my eyebrows, like, ugh, it's so painful. 100%. Um, I had someone explain it to me. Like, it's almost that, it can feel like that tension before you need to sneeze. Yeah. Where you're like... I've got to sneeze. The only thing I need to do right now is sneeze. The and way I, that I've explained it to my yeah. husband is it's like having a splinter. Yes. No one you doesn't gotta, pull a splinter you gotta out. you got to get it out. It's not very fun to pull a splinter right. out, but it feels so good to yes. get it out. The relief it's like a relief. Have, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And so at 11, I just, I remember I pulled out my first eyelash and I remember I kind of felt that relief. And from there, same thing. I didn't even really notice at first. I was like, huh. Well, over the next couple months, I had like basically no eyelashes on my lash line. I've been there. Yep. Yep. And my father is a physician. And so he went into like research mode because they were worried about me. You know, they said, honey, stop. And I'm like, I don't think I can. I I don't understand, but I can't. Yeah. So my dad did all this research and figured out what it was called, trichotillomania. And I tried like herbal supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, I, tr- I did behavior modification therapy. Mm-hmm. I did all sorts of things. And those things helped to a degree, but never, I couldn't ever just like get over it, yep. get over having trick, trichotillomania. And it was interesting because as the years went on, you know, at 11, it's kind of like, well, okay, I don't have eyelashes, whatever. But then you get into the, like the teenage years. And I even think right now the culture that we're in, like having these huge eyelashes is a palm fronds big, (laughs) is a big deal, you know? And I, especially in those teenage years, high school, college, I wrestled so much with just feeling like I am not beautiful because the one thing that I wish I had, you know, facially, and I also pull out my eyebrows. I'm like, I'm, it's that verse that Paul talks about, like, why do I do the thing that I don't want to do? Yes. Um, what a wretched man I am. And I felt that a lot. I was like, I don't, I want to have beautiful eyelashes and beautiful eyebrows, but I, I can't stop. And I wrestled so much with feeling ashamed mm-hmm. of myself. I mean, to be honest, there are days when I still do, when mm-hmm. I'm like, why can mm-hmm. I not mm-hmm. overcome this? Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm almost 40 and I still wrestle with the yes. same thing. And the more you pull, the more you pull, exactly. the less you pull, the less you pull. Exactly. And I know that that sounds so obvious, but if you can get some distance from it, uh-huh. it can start to feel like victory. Yes. But the moment that you go back into it, there is that downward spiral totally. of shame and you're, you feel so defeated that you're like, you know what, who cares if three more come out, right. you know, and, and then you have to, ugh. Right. And the other thing start that over. you'll probably get to, yes, start over. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've often thought, and I have to be careful saying this because I don't want to belittle anyone else's struggle, but I've often thought that trichotillomania or something that is on your body, mm-hmm. dermatillomania, which yeah. is a skin picking disorder that's similar, yep. um, are unique in that you can't run from them. Right. You can't put the substance away from you. Right. You can't go to rehab because you your can't eyelashes lock come in a room. with you. Right. Right. And so while right. it's not worse or, or greater or anything like that, I'm not giving it more credence, 
there is a certain level of mm-hmm. frustration and almost hopelessness yeah. to knowing that you carry the temptation with you at all, all times time. unless you've pulled it all out. Right. All and the then time. the downward spiral of shame is just at its lowest. Totally. Yeah. And I will say it's it's interesting too because I've often wondered, I'm like, Lord, why didn't you maybe you would make me passionate about like I don't know, being a surgeon or doing something where I had to use my hands all the time. There needs to be a purpose to this. Right. But for me, it's like most of my life, I I taught in academia before I'm now primarily at home and then I I teach writing courses online. But so much of my life is just reading books Mm -hmm. and writing. Mm -hmm. And half the time writing is just thinking. Mm -hmm. So my hands are free. Mm -hmm. And that's usually when I get in the most trouble. Okay. Is when my hands are not doing something. Right. And they just... Often unconsciously just kind of come up yes. to my lash line or my brow line and I start pulling without yeah. even realizing Exactly. It. So let's talk about triggers yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That is such a hot button word. Mm-hmm. People talk about being triggered by their coffee order being incorrect. Mm-hmm. And that's really frustrating when you right. have kind of denigrated the mm-hmm. fact that there are actual things that literally are almost like pushing a button for a person right. that struggles with a particular thing. Right. And so for me... I used to struggle so badly mm-hmm. with the writing process yeah. and wanting to be a writer. Yeah. It felt like a bad joke. Yeah. Why do I pull the most when I'm writing Absolutely. when this is what I feel like you've called me to do, Lord? Like the clashing mm-hmm. of the calling and the struggle was so acute and so, so painful. frustrating. So painful. Yes. Yeah. And so absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the stiller you are. The, the, the quieter more idler, the quieter, yeah. you just feel, again, like she's talked about, you feel your eyes start to reach for mm-hmm. that comforting, familiar yeah. release. Especially if, for me, if I'm struggling to get a, a sentence out, mm-hmm. I start fiddling. Yep. And then you start pulling. Yep. And at least for me, and I think I've found this to be true for others, once you pull that first one, there's a dopamine release. Because totally. it, it, it is a physiological response. and a neurological response. Yeah, totally. Um, and you want to pull more, which is why when you don't pull for a while, you don't pull. Yeah. And then once you're not you get going, the you have the domino yeah. effect. Yeah. So yes, that's a very similar trigger mm-hmm. to mine because Anne and I are both writers. We've both written books. Yep. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, and it's interesting too, because I don't know about you, but I've also, another trigger for me is just anxiety. Yeah. And I'm starting to mm-hmm. feel anxious or worried about something. So yeah, it might be writing a sentence or it might be that something's going on in our family life that feels particularly stressful at that time and or ministry or yes, whatever. You yes. Know? And for me, the frustrating thing for me about the anxiety is there's a very particular kind of buzzy anxiety where mm-hmm. like, I feel like I need to do something with my hands mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily correlate to a high stress situation. Yeah. Right. So there are times where I feel like my hormones are off. Mm-hmm. Like right now I'm kind of in the process of weaning my boys. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to hang on through our Europe trip. <laughs> um, which by the way, if you don't follow me on social media, we're going to Europe. I just Woo-hoo! let that count out of the bag for the podcasters. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. But, um, and you actually, depending on when this episode airs, may hear it while you I'm might in be Europe. In yeah, Europe. it might be that in Europe. That sounds fun. It does. And so just, just, that whole weaning process and the hormones fluctuating. Yep. There yeah. are days when I'm like looking outside and it is a bluebird sky with puffy clouds. Like mm-hmm. it is right now. I'm staring out the window and yep. it is gorgeous. And I'm stirring soup and all is well with the world. Mm-hmm. And my kids are playing Yeah, and I need something to do you with my hands. That. Yeah. And yet other times when I know that I should be more stressed because mm-hmm. my circumstances mm-hmm. are more fraught, I don't feel like I have to yeah. pull. And there's something really maddening about oh, that. It's so like, irritating. Could I just please put this in a category <laughs> I know. and know what the category is yeah. so I can tackle it and fix yes. it? Yes. And I think that for a lot of women, and I mean, 
medically, like trichotillomania affects both men and women. Mm-hmm. And I will say most people don't even ever tell a doctor. Like right. most people who have it, they do. They feel so ashamed that they never share it openly. But I think for women, it it's even more maddening because a guy without eyelashes is kind of like, okay, who cares? You might get some dust in your eyes, but that's not like your one defining feature of masculinity, right. you know, right. culturally. Right. I think for women, we feel that like, if I could just fix this thing in my life, then it seems like, and I don't, maybe you've had this feeling, but I, I've had so many times where, you know, okay, my, this particular struggle for me, trichotillomania, if I could just fix this, if I could finally just get over this, then I would feel like so much else in my life would just seem easier. A hundred percent. Like, because I, and I think all of us have this, whether it's a physical condition, a mental condition, a relational struggle where we just feel like this one thing keeps nagging and keeps pulling us down. If I lose 20 pounds, right, sure. everything will be fixed. Right. Or if I finally like, you know, mend this relationship with my sibling, Mm -hmm. um, or if this one kid would stop acting up Mm -hmm. in the home, Mm -hmm. we all have those things where we just think if I could just fix this, everything else would be great. The truth is that we know that our condition as humans is going to be perpetually broken Mm -hmm. this side of eternity. Mm -hmm. And so I think, and maybe this is kind of a way we can turn a little bit is to say, okay, all of us have these pains, these woundedness, these broken places, whether we chose it or whether we were born with it, we have these places of really understanding that we are weak and incapable Mm -hmm. of living in our own strength. And Paul says, there's one version that actually says, I am pleased with these places Mm. in my life that show my weakness. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, help me. How often am I pleased with my weaknesses? Yeah, how do I get there? How like, do I get there? Because I want to get there because the, Paul was living out this beautiful truth that our weaknesses, when we allow them to, they open this doorway for us to meet Christ and his strength. Mm. And that every day, if I look at, for me, trichotillomania, if I think every time I feel that urge to pull out an eyelash or pull out an eyebrow, if I will reframe this as an opportunity to say, I am weak. But I have access to Christ's strength. Amen. I have access to his goodness, to his nearness, mm. to his presence with me. It becomes a doorway of grace. Absolutely. And I don't, in my flesh, I don't want to see it that way. No. Because I just want to say, I hate this. I want to be done with this. I want to move on. And yet I feel like there is an invitation there in these places where we continue to need healing daily, weekly, yearly that Christ is is actually inviting us to say, let this be a place of grace mm. for you. Let this be a place where you can meet with me because that weakness offers you an opportunity to acknowledge how good I am in the midst of your own struggle. And I think it also gives us an opportunity to have grace for others. Yes. And to have empathy for the struggles of others. Yes. I have a couple of things in my life that have given me more empathy in areas that I really needed them because I'm not a naturally super empathetic person. Mm -hmm. I'm a push through person Mm -hmm. and there are positive qualities to that, but there are drawbacks as well. Yeah. And so it helps me to recognize that if this is a struggle that I have, the Lord hasn't taken it away. Mm -hmm. And as you say, relatively good childhood, no, no major, just think, 
yeah. people that have been through oh. abuse. Just oh. think like you don't come out of those things unscathed. Absolutely. Yes, the Lord is sufficient. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you meet people that have gone through so much worse and they are still praising his name. Come on. And yep. they are still saying, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Mm-hmm. And you just get shivers thinking about it. And it does put what you're going through in perspective, but it also gives you the opportunity to grieve with those who grieve Amen. in a way that is more authentic yes. than if you were just standing on your high horse saying, listen, I don't deal with that. And <laughs> I have no problems. Yeah, too, too bad for you. <laughs> I do think something that you bring up there, Abby, though, is important because I've I've had people tell me before, and for a long time, I actually wrote a book called Still Waiting. It's, it's a good book. Um, hope for when God doesn't give you what you want. It's all about trichotillomania. And yet it's not just about trichotillomania. Yeah. But it's like about, this podcast. Yeah, it? it's yeah. about how God meets us in those places where we're waiting for him to heal us or make us new. But one of the things that I faced when I started finally opening up and sharing with people that I, I do have trichotillomania, which I didn't for like 20 no, years. No, I didn't either. Yeah. Because um, I, I was so ashamed. Mm-hmm. But when I did, most people would either say, oh my gosh, I have that too. Mm-hmm. Or my sibling has that. Mm-hmm. Or they'd say, well, I don't struggle with that, but I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. I did get some people who were essentially like, get over yourself. Yeah. This is not a problem. Like, who do you think you are to think that this is a real problem? Like, I have real problems. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I want people listening to here today is whether your problem is massive and your whole life is in upheaval, whether you're struggling with trichotillomania, and only you notice that you're pulling out your own hair, but it is a genuine struggle and pain point in your life. Yes. Jesus wants to meet us Mm -hmm. in all of those places, whether we would say it's, quote unquote, something small or something big. Christ isn't ranking our pain. Oh, that is so good. The way, I mean, yes. the way that we as humans rank each other's pain. You know, we play this comparison game all mm-hmm. the time, and mm-hmm. I'm still seeking to grow in this, but it's the human condition to want to figure out where you rank up to others. Yes. Like, well, she's str- I'm struggling more than her, but maybe not as much as her. You yeah. know, so how bad am I allowed to feel? Or how should I, can I even pray about this? Is this even worth mm-hmm. praying about? God doesn't rank us that way. God is able to meet you know, little Anne, when I was 12 years old, crying about having trichotillomania, he's, he's able and so willing to meet me as a child in the place of that pain, the same way that he's able to meet one of my best friends whose husband left her in the mm, midst of mm-hmm, COVID mm-hmm. and left her with three small children. Oh my goodness. There, but there's grace and compassion for both of us. There's not a ranking of like, well, Jesus doesn't care about Anne's pain because somebody else is going through more. And on the same flip side, when we interact with friends and with family members who have a, a, a struggle or a condition or just a, a place of hurt in their lives that we don't understand and we don't see why it's so painful for them, we can grow in our compassion to say, Jesus meets me in this place that's very particular and might seem weird to other people, but but Christ wants to meet me in this place of my pain. God, would you give me that compassion oh, to yeah. meet other people in their hurts that wouldn't be a big deal for me, but are for them. Yes. And Christ cares about them. And so I agree. Having trichotillomania, though I would never have chosen it for myself, has been such a gateway to see that just as Christ wants to connect with me, heal me, call me up in these places of pain, he's doing the same for everyone in their own stories. And there's grace enough and goodness enough in Christ for all of us to experience his love and compassion in those places so so good and so a phrase that i use all the time and it's the name of the book that i have coming out in september Mm -hmm. is hard is not the same thing as bad and i think we can all immediately have our brains rush to situations that do feel just genuinely bad right but what we're trying to tell you is your pain is not Mm -hmm. without purpose 
it was allowed by a good God mm-hmm. who loves you. Mm-hmm. And that there is no pain that can compare with the pain and isolation of the cross. Amen. And God allowed Amen. that for Jesus. Yep. And look at what good has come of Such it. Such good. Eternal good. Eternal good Eternal that good. never ends. Yes. Because here's the thing. Whatever we are struggling with, and it's what I was thinking when you were talking about that idea of, if I could just get past this, mm-hmm. it would just fix this. It is a very earthly mindset. Right. It is very focused on what we will be able to achieve or the comfort <laughs> that we will be able to have here now. And yeah. yet this this earth, this world, this existence is a vapor. Yep. And we can't we can't grasp that. Like I can't grasp that. I feel like my life is becoming a vapor. It feels like mm, like every so day fast. goes by so so fast, so fast. And I thought it was just Monday and now it's Thursday and <laughs> and so yep. I, I I'm starting to grasp it. As my children get older mm. and as my life gets busier with different demands on it. But I still think that I'm living for now in many ways yeah. because we have to constantly give our perspectives back to the Lord and say, give me the eternal one. Yes. Because I just want it fixed. Well, and it is the human condition in part because this is all we know. Yeah. Right. This is all we know. And, and, and the grace is that the Lord knows this and <laughs> exactly. he's kind to us in it. And he meets us in it. But I will say, if we are not women who are consistently and constantly in the word of God, mm-hmm. We will stay in the here and now. This is my girl. We will be obsessed with the here and now because it's all we will focus on. It takes discipline, training, time to have a mind that is set not on earthly things, but on heavenly things. And this is how we get there. There's no other way than the word of God, than the people of God, than communing with God. Yes. So it, it... it takes effort to be women who aren't obsessed with the here and now and who have eyes for eternity, but it's so worth it. Yes, I 100% agree. So talk to me a little bit about how we can talk about self-discipline mm-hmm. and the Lord renewing our minds mm-hmm. and giving us different perspectives, yeah. but we both still have physical <laughs> struggles with pulling out hair and yeah. eyebrows because yours are similar to mine. I don't pull yeah. my hair anymore and it was never my primary yeah. temptation, Yep, but and I will say, just just for a little more background, for the last four years, I did an Instagram video about four years ago. I think it was right after I had Shiloh, or it could have been a year after, so it could be three. I've lost track. <laughs> kind of saying, like, the Lord was really laying out on my heart to talk about it publicly, to mm. be an overcomer. And, of course, the hope was that I wouldn't have to deal with it anymore, but I knew that that was kind of a tenuous hope. This right. thing is... is Hard. It like it, hard. Just, it just doesn't let go. Well, and there's no medical cure for no, it. No, there isn't. Like there's like, no you could, you drug could take, you could take right, or no right. therapy you can go through that guarantees that you're ever going to be yes. over it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So my sharing was for the sake of others, but mm-hmm. also to declare a goal of being, you know, less enslaved, less yeah. triggered, less, yeah. you know, to, to, to work towards that. And to be an overcomer, whatever that looked like. Mm. Because Paul, without ever losing his thorn, was still an overcomer. He never gave up. He never gave in. He never said this. As I said, this doesn't define us. Mm -hmm. It isn't who we are. Yeah. It's whose we are in Christ. Amen. That matters. So since that time, four years ago, and I did public accountability Mm -hmm. through my social media, and it helped a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And then I got pregnant with my twin boys, Titus and Toby. So we're looking at that must have been about three years ago. And pregnancy and hormones are really hard. Yeah. Some of another big trigger for me is late night feedings. So nursing and losing sleep and not having much to do with your hands and being the only one awake and nothing to distract you. Yeah. Those are all really hard. And so 
during that pregnancy, I did much better than I had ever done in any other pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I did much better postpartum nursing. And then it's all jumbled together. But there were some periods in there that got really hard mm-hmm. again. And that, that urge was so strong. But I will say that the Lord has actually lessened my urges considerably mm-hmm. over the last four years. Yeah, praise God. For which I'm so grateful. And which was honestly kind of unexpected mm-hmm. because it hadn't ever happened before. Yeah. But another thing that he asked me to do was to be very honest about my triggers. Mm-hmm. So staying up too late yeah. is one. Yeah. So that's something I have some control over. Yeah. Getting up and leaving a situation. So you know how I told you that it's a little bit like having a splinter. Getting up and walking away doesn't make the splinter go away. However, sometimes it can distract you Mm -hmm. from the throbbing or Mm -hmm. the pain. And sometimes you end up having a splinter that just gets covered over with skin and it's still there, but it doesn't bother you anymore. Right. Right. So I can't carry that analogy too far. But there were times when I knew that sitting there longer and that that buzzing in my brain and the desire to keep pulling and the endorphin release and Mm -hmm. all those things were numbing me to yeah. what I was doing. Right. And it was my responsibility to stand up and move yep. to do something else. Yep. I might still pull that one. Mm-hmm. Cause here's something. If you've got a pain point, do you have to get it out? Like if you've got a painful eyelash? Oh, if it's actually like physically painful, yeah. like, yeah. So it's yeah. almost like an ice pick for me. I'm yeah. like, there's, there's <laughs> like, a red there's hot beacon <laughs> just blinking yep. right here. Yeah. And I will actually sometimes just have to tell myself that's the one yep. you have to pull because yeah. otherwise your brain You'll can't go. release it. Right. Which is such a bizarre thing. It makes I you know. sound so crazy. <laughs> it really does make you sound a little weird. But that it's you're okay. walking around trying yes. to do dishes with yes. this thing going ding 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 ding. <laughs> but I totally understand. Like the car door so open. I, I know. And just I know. making that noise is like put the seatbelt on. It's yes. not gonna stop dinging, you know. <laughs> Until you do it. Until yep. you do it. Yeah. So I have had to be somewhat self disciplined and honest mm-hmm. about the things that are making it worse. Yeah. And in the process, I've ended up having longer periods where I didn't pull. Yeah. So if I had longer periods where I didn't pull, then I didn't pull that as helps, much. Right? right. Right. So my eyelashes are the best that they have probably ever been since I was four. So and I'm so grateful for that. But I still pull. Yeah. Like there are yep. moments where there's three or four that I have gotten out before I right. really notice right. or right. Think before you even realize. Yeah. Which is Oh, yeah, my word. I to know. do something that you're not really even aware of. And you don't want to do. That you don't want to do. Right. And then to feel the frustration right. and the defeat and the shame afterwards. Right. right. Oh, my goodness. I will say, I've had friends who, you know, who will say, like, I don't know how this happened, but I literally was, was standing in front of the cookies and I looked down and, like, the entire sleeve mm. of cookies was gone. Mm. And I think we, it's not all necessarily the same, but I think we do have those places where it's almost like, we're not mentally there because yeah. we have these habits. You literally create pathways in your yes, brain yes, exactly. that get run over so many times. So there's so much allowance for grace and for weakness. And yet there's also one thing you said that I want to go back to when we're talking about both triggers and identity. You know, there was a time for me, Abby, where I, I wouldn't have said like my soul identity was someone who had trichotillomania, but it was a huge part of yep. how I saw myself. Oh yeah, I've been there. Where you just think like, Gosh, this is who I am. I can't like, go swimming. No. Oh, swimming I was I can't be just seen, impossible. Like, because in a locker then my room eyebrows other... will come off. I know. Because yeah. I draw them on. Yeah. And if I go swimming, like I can't do that. I know yep. pool parties, things yep. like that. Major anxiety about Oh, yeah. so much anxiety. And then if people see you that what's wrong with you, why right. don't you? Are you have, okay? Are you what's okay? Going on? What's wrong with your face? Yeah. Right. Goodness. Yep. So here's the thing, and, and we all have places in our lives where we tend to name ourselves by by what we lack mm-hmm. or by what we wish we were. Yeah. So, you know, my single friends who so dearly want to be married, they th- can think of themselves in terms of I'm single. Yep. 
this is my identity yep. is I'm single. Um, for me, I'm, I, I'm a trichotillomaniac. Like I have this, this is who I am, you know, for friends who have struggled with infertility, like I'm infertile. Yep. And they, we, we have this tendency as humans to want to name ourselves by the things that we lack and by the ways that we feel like we don't measure up. Mm. The gospel says that it's not true. Yep. <laughs> The gospel actually tells us such a better story. We have a new identity yes. where we're no longer captive to those old ones that are part of our brokenness, part of our sin. Even if we're still struggling with them, it's not who we are. Yes. You know, scripture tells us in Colossians, this in Colossians 2 verses 13 through 15, and you who were dead mm. in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Mm. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Christ doesn't name us by our lack. He doesn't look at you and say like, single, forgotten, unloved, unchosen. He looked at you and says, all those things that you were, all the broken places, all the weaknesses, all even the sin that you chose, it has been nailed to the cross. Mm. If you are in Christ, it has been put on that tree. And now our identity is in him. It, the word tells us that who we are, our identity is hidden with Christ in God. Mm. Like we are seated with him in heavenly places. Yes. All these beautiful mysteries that we have in the gospel. But we are Christ's. And your sole identity, sister, is that you belong to Jesus. You are loved by him, known by him, saved by him, and you are being sanctified by him. We are we are going from glory to glory. Preach. So we're not going to be fully made whole immediately most of the time. Yeah. But we are heading toward a day, this eternal mindset. We're heading toward a day where every tear will be wiped away, mm. where every brokenness will be healed, where every sickness will be healed, where where every hurtful thing will be made right. And if we can focus on the word of God that that Christ calls us his masterpiece, mm. Ephesians 2.10. Mm-hmm. He calls us his children, John 1.12. He calls us his friends. I love that. We're the friends of Christ, John 15.15. 15. He calls us accepted, Romans 15.7. We have an identity in Christ that's unshakable. Yes. And if we choose to focus on that identity rather than, I'm someone who has trichotillomania. Yeah. I'm someone who is depressed. I'm someone who is infertile. I'm someone who has a temper. Yeah. I'm someone yeah. who struggles with anger. I'm someone who yells at my kids. Like, yeah. pick your poison. And we all have the things that we tend to think, this is my weakest place and I hate this about myself and therefore that's who I am. Yes. That's not what Jesus sees. No, it's not. God has clothed us in Christ and we are the beloved of the Lord. And so, but we have to line our minds up with that yes. truth. It yes. doesn't come naturally. Yes. We have to keep going back to the word and then we can start to live out of that place with more confidence and more hope. Yeah. So we're talking about melding the practical and the spiritual, because I don't think that the two are mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. in any area of our lives. Right. We are not able to compartmentalize our lives neatly and say, (laughs) I will be Christ's in this area and I will own this by myself in the room alone in the dark Mm. and not have it vastly affect our relationship with Christ and our relationship with others and our relationship with ourselves. Absolutely. Um, The Bible talks a lot about how we are to treat others with love and it, it kind of implies that, I mean, don't you love yourself? Mm. But one of the ways we love ourselves is by doing toxic things and it's the wrong kind of love. Right. So one of the transformative things that the Lord does for us Mm. as he points to those things that we do that quote, feel so good Mm -hmm. in the moment, but bring so much shame afterwards and says, I've redeemed you. Yes. They lead to death. Yeah. I've redeemed you from that. You don't, 
have to wallow in that. Right. So let me make this clear distinction. There have been times when I have wallowed in my trichotillomania. Yes, me too. There have been times when for 30 straight minutes, Mm -hmm. it was just, or longer. Yeah. It was just the numbing anesthetic of this thing that for whatever reason brought my brain some form of happiness. Right. 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 Some form of neural pathway that had Mm -hmm. been trained to say, this is bad, but good at the same time. It feels good, even if it is bad. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you have to preach truth to yourself. And I was saved. I was, unlike Anne, I can remember coming to faith in Christ as a five-year-old. Yeah. And I still remember it. And it was still the point where I understood I was a sinner and I needed Jesus. And Mm. that never changed. Yeah. I didn't rededicate my life a bunch of times through the years. I felt like, yes, Lord, I am yours. But that is such a process. It is. And so for me, something that the Lord has freed me from is those times of Mm. indulgence Mm. where it is hide in a closet and cling to, at that moment, sin. (laughs) Yeah, my flesh. If I know that I'm doing it and I continue in it because, Mm. quote, it feels good right then, but I know it's going to produce death ultimately, then that's wrong. The person who knows something that they should do and they do not do it for that person, it is sin. It is sin. And so... Mm. The Lord has redeemed me from that. So whereas I may never have a full set of eyelashes mm-hmm. and I may never have a full set of eyebrows for a very long time, there may mm-hmm. always be one or two missing or 10 or yeah. 15, depending on my hormones, depending <laughs> on what I'm struggling with. Right. I. I am grateful that I am able to look back at my journey and see both physical progress, but I am aware that that could regress. I pray, yeah. Lord, no, right. but... But I am aware that in certain seasons, it may go back some, and Mm -hmm. then I'll have to fight for it again. Mm -hmm. But the main thing I can see is spiritual maturity. Yes. That the Lord actually has taken me from a place of pretty bad brokenness in this area and given me a lot of victory over my mindset in it, given me better tools, given me better attitudes toward it. Mm given me more consistency so that someone might look at my eyelashes one day and say, Oh, you've been pulling. Obviously you failed. And I could say, no, I did not fail. I pulled 10 eyelashes, but then I walked away and I didn't pull 10 more. And the Lord enabled me to do that. And one thing you brought up, Abby, which I think is really important. You mentioned, you know, taking this public essentially and Mm. bringing other people into the journey. Now I'm not saying everybody needs to like share on social media, like, Hey, I have trichotillomania and I need people to keep me accountable. Not at all. But I will say, sin, weakness, struggle thrives in the darkness. Oh, it does. Thrives in isolation. And we are called to bring the dark things into the light. And I struggled for so long. My parents and my sister were literally the only people who knew Mm -hmm. for decades of my life that I had this. Um, I remember when I uh, told my husband for the first time we were dating, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, he needs to know that I have this. And I remember feeling so worried. Like, he's going to think I'm so strange. And Michael met we, met me with so much grace. Yeah, Sean did the same for um, me. So but he, kind. he is he is an in my house accountability reality yeah. where he can look over and say, "Honey, stop it!" Like yeah. I, he could yep. see my hands. Yeah. And I have a choice to either get offended, yes. and be like, "Don't tell me," or Don't say, "Thank you. you, yeah, thank you." Yeah, you know, like thank you. And that absolutely, yep, is progress when we are Absol- able to say right. thank you right. instead of be like, "Please just leave me alone." Right. <laughs> right. And I have friends who know that I struggle with this and that I can reach out to and ask for help and prayer. So that is part of this process too. And the, the word there's this undergirding reality in the word that assumes that the Christian life is done in community, that the way that we're living cannot be done well alone. It's just impossible. We're too weak. We don't have enough strength. We have Jesus, but the body of Christ is meant to be a body. Mm -hmm. And so if you're listening today and you're struggling with trichotillomania or you're struggling with something else, 
and it's not in the light. You don't have some people, some other Christ-centered believers in your life who can help walk you through this process. My encouragement is to bring it into the light because there's freedom there and it's only going to thrive in darkness. Yes. It's only going to continue to multiply. So bring it to some trusted friends. You don't have to put it on social media. But let other people in. And and if they truly love the Lord, my hope and trust is that you will find grace yeah. and help and real encouragement to move forward. I love that encouragement. And I have had a similar experience to what you were describing where someone's like, just get over it. It was mm-hmm. someone that was supposed to be super close to me, supposed mm-hmm. to be super supportive. But I think she saw it as a cry for attention, mm-hmm. and which is kind of the opposite of, of <laughs> yeah. how you feel about it. You like don't want anybody like, to Like, actually, don't notice. Yeah, please, please don't. don't notice. Please don't notice. And I remember kind mm. of just casually mentioning it to her, well, I, I struggle with this. I've known her for forever. And I remember she kind of glanced over me and goes, oh, I do that sometimes too, and moved on. Mm. And it was such a dismissal of the deep struggle. And yeah. it's not the same thing if you're taking off your mascara and you accidentally clink one out and you have no desire to ever do it again. Right. And it's, right. it's just not the same. And that my mm. my best friend um, is able to empathize so well with mm. me, and Sean does such a good job that I feel like they are such safe people. Yes. But here's the thing. <clears throat> we give whatever our struggle is, we give it a lot of power mm-hmm. when we hide it. Yes. So one of the things in talking about it on social media, I don't tend, other than that one video, I don't tend to do like, a big bad post about it. There right. are people that want me to, and that's kind of what this podcast yeah. is. We're, we're diving deep into yeah. this concept and into the concepts that surround it. Because right. again, as she said, it's not just trichotillomania. Right. We, we want you to hear that loud and clear. Mm-hmm. This isn't really a podcast about trichotillomania. <laughs> right. It's a podcast about overcoming in the Lord's strength in mm. whatever way he has that look like in yes. your life. Yes. So be encouraged there. But when I spoke to people that were trustworthy and then... I put that video out there. The Lord kind of broke this chain Mm. of shame. Yeah. And whereas I, you're right. I don't want to walk and be like, hi, I'm Abby and I'm a trichotillomaniac. (laughs) I mean, right. Because we have a tendency in decided to do that. We've talked about it a little bit, but there is, there is kind of a, hi, here's my name badge. Right. Of my issues. Mm Mm-hmm. Validate these. Yes. I don't want anybody to validate my trichotillomania. No, me neither. I do not want anyone Mm-mm. to tell me that this is great. Something... Keep going. Yeah, just, just you do you, girlfriend. <laughs> you are doing great. No, that's no, not what we need. You. It's not what we need. No. And so mm. the thing that I've noticed is if someone asks me a question either about it or something that is related to it where it makes sense for me to mention it, yeah. I can do so just very casually and people are shocked. Oh my goodness, like no one talks about this. Yeah. I haven't and no one will. And I'm so ashamed of it. Yes. And I can relate to how they feel, right. but I don't feel it anymore. No, because you're right. Bringing it into the light breaks the power. Yeah. It breaks the power of that. And this, I love, there's this verse in Romans 8 that says, Therefore, there's now no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the life of sin and death. No condemnation None. for any issue. Right. Like there is there is condemnation for the power of sin and death. Mm-hmm. And so we can't just say, oh, so I get to keep doing this? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? 
by, by no, no means. means. <laughs> like, we are not encouraging yes. there to be no condemnation because you take advantage of that beautiful grace right. of Christ, or right. I take advantage of that. But the concept that there's literally, like, it uses the words none, nothing. No. Right. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. That's insane. And, and it's such a gift. And I think when we are in relationships like you have with your husband and your friend. And I have with a couple of my girlfriends and my husband where it is safe to say like, I'm struggling again with trichotillomania. Help me. Yes. You get to live out that reality of no condemnation in the body of Christ where my husband can say, okay, let's pray. Yes. Like, you know, what scripture are you going to use to fight against this feeling? And again, we're not equating trichotillomania with sin. Trichotillomania is a condition but how we respond yes, to exactly. these hurts and weaknesses yeah. and brokennesses and, you know, diagnoses in our life, we have choices. We do. And we can make choices that help us walk in more freedom, even if we don't have a quote unquote cure. Yes. We can't be more than conquerors in Christ and also victims. Absolutely. We cannot nope. live in between those or try to claim both. They're at complete odds. They are at complete mm-hmm. odds. And the Bible says we are one. Right. And we have to trust and claim that because that is where the victory is. Again, we've talked about that tension of victory over enslavement to sin Mm -hmm. while still struggling with the effects of the fall. Right. It's the both and. Yes. It's the both and. And and. and I, again, don't hear us say like someone might be like, well, I was a victim of trauma as a child. That's real. You were a victim. Absolutely. But how you live in Christ, he can overcome that. That will be a reality all of your life, but he calls us more than conquerors. And I think so with Trichotillomania, with whatever place of shame or hurt that we carry, Christ wants to get us to a place where that shame is broken. Yes. Because he has carried all shame on the cross. Mm -hmm. He took it all on his shoulders. The shame is no longer ours to bear. And he wants us to experience compassion Mm -hmm. in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So tell a friend, tell a trusted friend. And don't just say like, hey, I have this thing. Say, hey, I need to tell you something important. And it's going to sound really weird. Mm. But I need some help in this area. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I really do hope, will be met with great love and help. And I want to encourage you that if you aren't, that that is not the sum total of people's reactions. Yes, As we good. talked about, we've it's had good. some reactions that were not great. I don't <laughs> want you to let that discourage you. Yeah. If it isn't what you hoped for and the person just wasn't at a place to meet you there in your struggle, because we can put too much hope also on other humans right. and then feel like God has failed us when mm. in fact he never does. Never. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Right. He is always there to care for us. He has captured our tears in a bottle. We are mm-hmm. graven on his palms. Yes. He cares more for us. He cares about the lilies of the valley and the sparrows. And yet how mm-hmm. much more, even so though he is noting each one of those that falls and he dresses them so beautifully, does he care for his children? Mm-hmm. So if you have a bad experience, please don't let that be the sum total of your reaching out for help right. and your searching for community in the body of Christ right. because humans are fallible. They are, but God is not. And you will find someone who is going to respond well. And it's a good reminder for all of us to be those people who respond Absolutely. well. When yeah. others come to us with their struggles that are so different from ours, yeah. to, to respond with kindness and tenderness and love. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Anything else you want to share with us today, Anne? I just think, take heart, sisters. Like, there's really nothing that Christ cannot meet us in mm-hmm. and cannot redeem 
I never thought I would write an entire book about having trichotillomania because it was this place of what felt like my deepest, darkest shame. And yet I can confidently proclaim, even though I still struggle with yeah. trichotillomania, yeah. Um, but you'll see me playing with silly putty most days of the week when I'm doing, that's a thing for me. You know, yeah. I use like Aaron's thinking putty is what I do to keep my hands busy when mm. I can't otherwise, but you will find me proclaiming the excellencies of Christ and the goodness of Christ, even though this is still a struggle because I have found him to be good and faithful and kind to me in this journey Mm -hmm. of walking through this struggle. And he is the same for you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and And forever. forever. And so the same God who met the bleeding woman on the road Mm. and met her in her shame and her struggle and called her daughter and redeemed her is the same God who wants to meet you in your place of shame and struggle and hurt. And he wants to meet you and call you up and let you know that you are his beloved daughter, no matter what it is you're wrestling with. If you believe in him, you're chosen, beloved, and highly treasured. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. I know that this episode will be a huge encouragement mm-hmm. to so many people today. And a huge part of that is your beautiful words. And thank you. And we, we hadn't gotten to meet in person until today. And yet <laughs> so I feel fun. like I've known you for I forever. Know. We've I just know. chatted a little bit on social media. And then she was in town. And I was like, this is a whole thing. And mm-hmm. people need redemption from this. And they need hope for many other struggles. They need to know there's hope. Absolutely. And I think that that is the message that we preach, that we preach Christ and him crucified, Mm. but his crucifixion produced hope for today and hope for forever. And so we are telling you that we are sitting here, even in the midst of our struggle, Mm -hmm. proclaiming God is good. Yes. There is hope for us and there is hope for you too. Amen. If you guys enjoyed today's program, I would be so honored if you would subscribe and share with others. And if you're looking for more daily content on motherhood and biblical responses to cultural issues, you can follow along on Instagram at m.is.for.mama.